0: Hey everyone, welcome back to The Switch. I'm Wes. And I'm Matt. And we're coming to you now, what is this, episode 12? Mm -hmm. The,
1: uh, almost at, uh, Unlucky 13.
0: Almost, so. (laughs) Not there yet. (laughs) So, um, anyway, we're gonna talk about a lot of stuff today, so I guess we can just dive right into it. Do you want to start with Caitlyn Jenner, the Duggars,
1: or, uh, Chet Hanks? Um, I feel like. Let's do Chet Hanks. I feel like that is the most. I don't want to call it lighthearted because it's just like tragically no. dumb. But like, I feel like the others could be like. Okay. Well, let's like work our way up in
0: intensity. That's fair. So I don't know what we're gonna call this beginning segment yet. It's gonna be something like they think they cute or like trials and tribulations of people with verified check marks next to their Twitter names. I don't know yet. <laughs> we'll think about it. Um, all right. So Chet Hanks. Um, Is the son of Rita Wilson and uh, the other one, what's his name? Tom Hanks. Yep. (laughs) Who has starred in great movies like Castaway, Forrest Gump, and I guess Saving Mr. Banks, but I didn't see that. And, uh, oh, Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. So he's a huge movie star, you know, great. And so Mm -hmm. he has, I think, two children, and Chet Hanks is the younger of the two, and he fashions himself as a rapper. Um, and it came out this week that I guess in like two separate Instagram captions, he used the N word with the Mm -hmm. like a spelling at the end. Okay. And so in the first time he used it, he was talking about how there's like two types of people in the world. And one of those being like people who do what they want to get what they want and others who are scared to like do, you know, like to go for life and live Mm -hmm. life at the fullest. And then at the end, he's like, fuck y'all hating ass niggas. I'll never (laughs) stop tracing my dream. Great. And then in the next one, he was like trying to promote a song or whatever. And mm. so he's like, check out the song Me and My Nigga at That Chill Dude just dropped on my SoundCloud, Juice. Now, before we go into it, I listened to the song Juice and it like mm-hmm. wasn't very good. The production sounded like Mike Will Made It slash The Eardrummers
1: type of production. Mm-hmm. I, I think, because to prepare, I think I I was like, oh, wait, I should probably check out like one of the songs. Like I right. wanted to like know what he is as an artist. I know he... Fashion himself as a rapper, like right. you said, um, and yeah, I mean it. Like the, I didn't have like a problem with the production. I mean, when you have like yeah. rich person money, like you can get someone to like get you a decent beat. Like right. that's, that, it was more just like really unimaginative. Like his rapping, like he was kind of like aping. I mean, it was like the the sort of like triplet style that like mm-hmm. has been huge, like ever since the Migos came up a couple of years ago. So it was just like if that if you enjoy like trap music, right? Like there are so many better options than. The son of Tom Hanks. Exactly.
0: And he just kind of sounded lazy. Like, in that Juice song, whatever, he was just talking about some bitches and fucking. And I was, like, listening and it sounded like one of the bitches might be bisexual. I don't know. It's not really that important. But she was just not very good. Is Mm -hmm. the point. And so, of course, you know, the internet uh, was in an uproar about this and was like, you know, you can't use the N-word. Like, what's wrong with you? You're racist, et cetera, et cetera. And so, after that, he did, like, a rebuttal, I guess, like, Instagram post. I don't know. People, like, doing, like, press releases on Instagram. Instagram. (laughs) Right, exactly. It's like, let's keep the captions under 140 characters. Anyway, so, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there's, like, a few points in it that I just, you know, need to clarify or talk about. So, he says, um, I don't accept society getting to decide what anybody can or can't say. That's something we call free speech. And, like, that's the obvious argument, like yes there's free speech but people are free to clap back at you and like you right. can't get all in your
1: feelings when right and people I mean it um and that. just yeah and unfortunately like that un- misunderstanding of what the first amendment entails like right. it's not you know it's certainly not exclusive to him I think no, plenty of um especially because um I, I know there are tons of, like, white males, like, mm-hmm. at different, like, wealth levels. Like, people who didn't grow up as rich as, mm-hmm. you know, the son of two, you know, Hollywood types. Mm-hmm. Um, who say the same... Who make the same argument. Right. The same claim. None of that has anything to do with freedom of speech. Right. Like, in terms of, like, what is is a legal right. Um, but, yeah. I, unfortunately, he wasn't the first person to make that argument. Right. It's bouncing around. Exactly. And he over. won't be the last. But mm-hmm. it's just, like, let's keep that in mind, people. Although, he is... I don't know if he graduated from Northwestern. Oh, but yeah, I, he I mean, did. he... Like, he's, like, 24 or something, so he finished up college relatively recently. Right. So you'd think, like, at some point someone at Northwestern would have checked him, and probably, maybe someone did, but at the same time, like, when, you know, your parents are millionaires or something. He
0: strikes me as the type of person who, like, actually doesn't give a fuck what other people have to say. Or,
1: like, respects them enough to be checked by them. Yeah. I mean, it's a really great argument, though, that, like, the inheritance tax should be, like, 100%, (laughs) like, because there's no way you could act like this. Like, if you were this unmarketable as a human being... Like unless you had like fabulously wealthy parents, right? True. So maybe this is like a communist plot or something. Maybe he's like a sleeper. <laughs> Kelsey doesn't believe me. Uh, I mean, consider we can. Uh, what is it? Conspiracy theory, theorize, whatever. This is this, this is the final revenge of the castros. <laughs> they, they normalize relationships, but this is like their last act. We didn't we didn't anticipate it. <laughs> so um, also in the caption, he
0: spells Jim Crow wrong, but that was just. He spells it with an E, which is really funny. And then the last thing um, I'll say about this is he talks about, we have reached a point where we uh, where the word can no longer have a negative connotation if we so choose. Um, and who is to say that only black people can use it? The way I see it, it's a word that unifies culture of hip-hop across all races, which is actually kind of a beautiful thing. And that's like a very nice la-di-da thing. But I feel like... You can't just, like, decide to repurpose a word when it hasn't been used against you in a hateful
1: way, like... Right, and, I mean, I was, like, looking at... Like, I think I, I was looking up, like, Google News results, mm-hmm. like, when you look up his name, and, like... So, I mean, there was, like, some responses from rappers. Like, right. I think Vic Mensa, like, made a comment on, like, the, mm-hmm. one of the Instagram posts or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, who is it? Like, Jermaine Dupree or something. Like, there was, like, a Tensy right. piece, like, quoting him and, like, responding to this... Um, and then, like, another, a rapper friend of his, I think, mm-hmm. like, they had a falling out or something. Like, they knew each other for six years or something, so I guess okay. they were tight. And then, apparently, it's, like, a pattern where he, can, like, continually try, wants to, like, bring up, like, why he should be able to say right. the N-word right. in conversation with, like, friends, which... It's a really, like, crappy I'm thing like, I like, guess, to, like, subject your friends to. Right, I'm like, I guess if you have friends
0: that feel comfortable with you doing that, that's fine. I just want to see what would happen if he, like, tries to go into the hood and say this. Well... Because I feel like he won't make it very The, the last
1: person he had, like, I don't even wanna, like want to call it beef because I don't think it counts, mm-hmm. was Howard Stern. Like, when... That doesn't count. When, no. <laughs> like, when that's, like, who you're going after, first of all, like, how are you, like, modeling yourself <laughs> as, like, a street rapper and, like, that's the person you're going after? Right. Like, some guy who has, like I don't even know if Howard Stern still has a show on Sirius or something. Like, yeah, I know, he does. But, um, I mean, like, he, I mean, and, like, if Howard Stern's making fun of you, like, it, it's really hard for me to, like, see an encounter and be like, wow, Howard Stern's, like, the good person in this exchange. Right. And it's like, wow. Okay, so it takes the dumb son of Tom Hanks to make me feel, like, sympathetic for Howard Stern, which, that's, you know, morality is a tricky thing. I guess, I get it is. The and world isn't just black and white.
0: That's just the power of Chet Hayes, I guess, is that he can... <laughs> make people do that so let's move off from him and now we can get into i probably like the two biggest news pop mm-hmm. culture stories of the past week um so i guess it's another question do we start with the good which would be Caitlyn jenner or the bad which would be the
1: duggar interview uh, <laughs> ooh, this is a tough multiple choice question maybe let's do let's do bad then good Okay. Duggar
0: Jenner. Okay. So we'll go with the Duggars. I feel like every day something new gets posted about this story mm. or whatever. So I guess we can just focus on their interview, which we both watched. Yeah, the, um, the Jim Bobs and Michelle's. Jim Bobs and Michelle's. The girls gave an interview last night, and um, or two of the victims, who are also their daughters, gave an right. interview last night. And I watched it this morning, and... I, yeah, I, I think feel our recap uh, yeah, um, I feel like it's they didn't really say anything new and I don't really feel like coming after them because they are victims mm-hmm. so um what did you what were just your general impressions about the it, interview
1: I mean it was it was I don't want to say it was like rubbernecking I guess like when you mm-hmm. you know when you're like kind of like gawk at a, a traffic incident, but it right. was It just had, like, I just felt, like, queasy, like, seeing, like, Mm -hmm. I guess maybe it was just, like, how many times they tried, like, justifying, like, parental inaction. Like, there's only so much, I think, like, leeway in terms of, like, oh, we just didn't know or something, like, Mm -hmm. no one told, like, you, if you were a parent and you think that you're trying to, like, you know, if you're, like, doing your, I guess, like, Christianly duty or something, raising your child, like, how do you justify not acting Quicker yeah, it's, like, the the part that grabs at me the most, like, what part of your doctrine, like, justifies not doing anything for so long until it was, like, a recurring problem? Because mm-hmm. it wasn't just, like, one instance of abuse, it was... Right, like, it was multiple,
0: yeah. Um. According to this thing I, like, just read today, it was, like, seven instances on three different occasions. Right. Some... I don't know what the breakdown was between... They tried to make the distinction, like, some of it was, like, over their clothes, touching and sleeping and, like, trying to, I guess... Uh, make it seem less serious than it actually was Are the the, the different instances. And I guess you can, like, litigate and have a conversation on what's more serious and what's not. But, like, one of the things that bothered me a lot in the interview was that, like, they did try to downplay, like, I guess the severity of it by multiply or, like, repeatedly saying that uh, they, like, were asleep when it was happening. Mm -hmm. And then it was just, like, a brush. It's, like, I don't know. It's just, like... It seemed like that's not where you would go if you're trying to make it. Yeah, it, I mean, it less
1: serious. It, it's like that sort of thing when you see like a uh, disclaimers or something. It's right. like you know, if like I, if I like made you food and I was like, oh, there's definitely not rat poison in mm-hmm. this food. You're right. like, well, why did you have to bring that up? Right. Like, why exactly. did you have to disclaim like these? You know, this the story coming out um, and further like um, it seems as though like it was I think was it, like, someone filed, like, a freedom of information, like, yeah. request? Uh-huh. Um, so it wasn't as though this was, like, simply an act of, like, a vindictive, like, local right. authority, like, who, for whatever reason, is mad at the Duggars or something. Right. Like, I mean, plenty of people could be mad at the Duggars. Um, right, but... For a number of things, uh, but, it, it, you know, this, I'm, as, as like, and I, and, they, and they made the point, too, like, why is someone's, like, you know, sealed juvenile record, like, mm-hmm. coming out, and, like, that's certainly, like, a... Uh, uh, like a compelling argument in the sense that like i understand the logic behind it but right. it's not like a holistic thing like the duggars have never been you know there for you know black and brown children when they get killed by cops right because, and like being like no don't you know yeah go, don't go after their student records even so like there's this thing i
0: will post a link in the comments mm-hmm. or something but there was um in touch weekly like at, right before we recorded post this thing and one of the things that they were saying was like There is like some murkiness as to whether or not these records were sealed or that Mm -hmm. them releasing them might not have actually been a violation, like from a legal standpoint. People can read the article and make sense of it much better than I can. (laughs) But it's interesting because it also says there that I guess Arkansas has one of the most like liberal Freedom of Information Act like Mm -hmm. things, which was one surprising but just kind of a fun tidbit there. Uh And then there was like another point in the interview or like towards the beginning of it. Or they kind of say it throughout too, but like they were saying that he was just like curious about girls and like I guess which is valid because he was fourteen or fifteen or whatever right at but the time. Was... But I feel like curious about girls. Well, I don't know if they had a computer now, but I feel like curious about girls is like you look at porn or you like find a nudie magazine and then you know right, you touch but, yourself or well, something like yeah, no. There's... That's curious. Like I don't know. Like you can't just say he was curious. So yeah. Like, then, of course, the consequence of that would be, like, I'm yeah, going to touch it's my like,
1: sisters and some babysitter. Yeah, it's it's not, like, something that can be reduced to just, like, boys will be boys. Like, right. Boys, like, not that that's a, ever a good thing to reduce things to, but, like, especially, you know, because that's not, that's not the norm. Right. Or, or it, I, don't, I mean, we haven't heard of it being the norm. Obviously, right. people, you know, in our society... You know, abused people often don't feel mm-hmm. comfortable coming forward, so it may be that I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that it's more common than it's like you know than we have the statistics for. Right. Like, that would not like shock me. Right. But that's not that doesn't make it a compelling like argument for where it's like oh you know just they right. just rub some dirt on it brush it off exactly like, it's, and
0: it's like the fact that he keep kept doing it mm-hmm. that like also is troubling because they talk about how in the interview like they didn't really send him away or do whatever their version of getting him help was until. It was like a single digit child that they that yeah, like touched. Like, okay. like I under I can if you even want to accept the curiosity argument, like there's limits to that when you're fourteen or fifteen and you're like, mm-hmm. Let me like touch my five year old sister or however old mm-hmm. the person was and like not to be flippant about it, but still. Yeah, that's I feel like you just kind of dig the hole deeper by trying to like skirt around this very yeah, issue, or and or then the, all these other facts come out, and you're just like, "So wait, you don't
1: actually think this is that serious?" Or, or the uh, the case where uh, I think it, it was Jim Bob because mm-hmm. I mean he did the vast majority of the talking, yeah. Um, which I mean, certainly probably isn't like out of line with like their Christian like, oh yeah. worldview. That's not surprising um, at all, or their I guess kind of fundamentalist Christian worldview, right. more accurately, but um. But yeah, there was like the trying to make like trying to bring up the legal distinction between a pedophile, you know, like an adult right. that abuses a child versus a child that abuses a child. And it's like, well, okay, like I right. just, like in a courtroom, like I could see someone like a lawyer standing up and saying right. that, but like just. I don't...
0: Yeah. but like that just added to the
1: queasiness. Right, and I'm know? not
0: educated to know if there's, like,
1: a legal
0: distinction between a child molester and a pedophile or if you have to technically be an adult to be
1: considered a child molester. Like, I, it, it's besides yeah, I, the I mean, point. It, it, it could all come down to, you know... I, I have to imagine it would come down to consent laws, which right. when you're... A child, like, in no state in this country is a child in their single digits able to consent to any sort of sexual act. Exactly,
0: and you can't consent when you're asleep. Like, that's the basic point that we try to teach people, and they still don't get it. So I guess it's almost not surprising that they don't. Um, But what else was, like, here in the interview that was really, that I wanted to talk about the bullshit? Oh, I guess one of the last things was they kept talking, or Michelle kept saying they put safeguards in place. Mm. And those safeguards were, like, really weird things like not letting men babysit
1: and making sure that the two children don't go off together to play hide-and-seek. Right. But I think this, this idea that is that is kind of be, being reinforced by the Duggars in these comments is that, you know, any young man could have done this. Right. And, and not to, you know, say that that's not possible, you know, I think... Right. Uh, I think by and large we do a horrible job teaching, you know, young boys in this country about what it means, you know, obviously consent and like mm-hmm. being respectful of other mm-hmm. people's personal space, whether or not it's a sexual thing or not, just right, you know, hands to yourself being respectful of others. Right. Um, but that that just takes so much like weight off the like the wrong mm-hmm. action that you think, you know, like you know, if in based like very basic Christian morality right. would be sinful. Like why why are you offloading the sin onto you know, society at large. Yeah.
0: And it was like, especially with the safeguards that they talk about they put in place, it was very much like we're going to place the burden on the victims or the would-be victims instead of Mm -hmm. saying like, no, what you were just saying like you have the responsibility not to like touch others or be all up in their space or, you know, like you can't, it just seems like very weird that the suggestions or like the changes they made in their household. It was like, Mm -hmm. but you realize that like the
1: girls weren't doing anything
0: except literally
1: like lying down. And that's kind of, and that, that seems like a bigger institutional thing within the you know this homeschooling, quiverful um, mm-hmm. movement because I think uh, it was something I sent along to you guys uh, beforehand, but I'm pretty sure it was, e- it was either Gawker or Jezebel, someone in, yeah. in the Gawker Media Empire, but it was about how, um, you know, a document from, I think, their homeschooling organization, which is tied into this religious movement, the quiverful movement, and it's like how it would respond to, you know, when someone says something like, that, that they've been sexually abused. Right. And so many of the questions come down to like, well, was, like, how are you dressed? Like, how are you behaving? Uh-huh. Were you thinking sinfully? You know, it, like, at a structural level, like, within this, like, religious movement, like, it's very much, like, the idea is that it's, you know, the victim's fault. Like, it was something right. that they did wrong. Right. And that, I guess, I don't know if the idea is that God is punishing them by having them be molested or something, which, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, At least my interpretation of, like, the Old Testament God, like, I feel like he stopped short of, like, child molestation in terms right. of punishment for your sins, so it's mm-hmm. just... You know what are you? What's the what's the theology you're trying to get across here? Except like trying to scapegoat your own daughters for the, like, the yeah. benefit of your son.
0: Yeah, it was all very strange and backwards, um, and I guess that's pretty much like it in the interview that was like really needs to be talked about. Have they? I know
1: they were they temporarily suspending production. Yeah, of nineteen accounting. Yeah.
0: So what the what's happened is. Um, well, after they had, like, a marathon of mm-hmm. the show, right, after all this came out and everybody was like, ooh, TLC, that's not yep. a good look, yeah. um, they did suspend, um, like, it's not on the air now, and I guess that's mm-hmm. indefinite, the suspension, yeah. um, and advertisers have pulled out, but I was also reading a thing where advertisers that said they would pull out of the show, like, haven't yet, or there was, like, some weird stuff happening yeah. there, but also there was, I guess, talks about um, the gr- two of the girls who are married, um... About them getting a spinoff show. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it'll be interesting to see how that affects us. I almost feel like if the TLC was going to cancel it, they would have done it by now. Because, yeah. like, when that Mama June thing... I don't watch that show either yeah. But they canceled that show within a hot minute after she was even, like, seen with the child molester. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it seems like they just wouldn't yeah, have it Yeah, I don't know if already. that's just a matter
1: of because the, the, all the allegations happened, I guess, about right. events in the 1990s. Right. People, like, they're, like... TLC, like, feels better, like, wiping its hands of, mm-hmm. like, the... Because, uh, uh, I mean, certainly their relationship with, the Duggars' relationship with TLC, yeah. uh, you know, came after these allegations. Right. Uh, I mean, exactly. I do hope that no, you know, no uh, no one in America would, like, even, like, think about programming a show if you knew right. that someone involved was, like, a child molester.
0: Yeah. I- ideally. Hopefully but, not. But, um, you know, um, we'll see. My mean, guess is that it won't be canceled, or if it is, the spinoff will still happen. But yeah. we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah. Um that, ooh, this is this conversation it's just
1: <laughs> just has me in a bad way right now. Yeah.
0: Well so then we can do one of two things. We can take a break or we can go straight into Caitlyn Jenner and her fabulousness. Let's do Caitlyn Jenner. Okay. Let's end on a good note for this Alright, so as I'm sure everyone has seen, uh Caitlyn Jenner debuted uh mm-hmm. her look uh on the with
1: Vanity Fair like, cover and like photo spread. Yeah, did that? Did the spread was it like leaked on Sunday or something? Because it was like oh, Sunday or Monday.
0: Okay, I didn't know about the leak, or at least well, I it didn't like think It was, came late by, it was when like I an exclusive, like maybe yeah. CBS,
1: like or like sixty minutes or something. Okay, like I, I feel like I saw it like Sunday evening. Okay, I think because I think I just like woke up one day and it was mm-hmm. like,
0: look at all these pictures of her, and I was like, yeah. oh shit, Mama's killing it. Yeah. Um, so,
1: when because yeah. I mean, it was because um, before you know the story broke, there was no you know indication like right. you know how to how to refer to Caitlin, you know, and obviously the, it seems like the, the general practices continue using, you know, the previous identity Mm -hmm. until like someone comes forward and says. Right. But so like, it was just, you know, yeah, it was like, real it was like, and that's kind of the thing I think with a lot of these, um, these, these occasions now with like the media, like working with people who are coming out, whether it's like Mm -hmm. sexuality Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, their gender identity. Right. Um, you know, it seems like they, they do a very good job at like putting like the story up front. Like, like, it get, like, the right reporter or someone to come in and write the story without, like, leaking to anything. things. We saw that with, like, Jason right. Williams when he came out. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the first, um, you know, professional basketball player in the NBA to come right. out and be openly gay while playing. Um, and then I think a very similar thing here where they, they kind of kept a tight lock on the story and then mm-hmm. were able to kind of, like, be super impactful, which right. I think was and a really awesome thing. Tell
0: the story the way in which yeah, uh, let the Caitlin and control. her people right wanted it to be done. But there's just a few, like, really quick points I want to have on this. Obviously the shade of spelling Caitlin with the C instead of a K I think was beautiful because <laughs> and even I think I think they'll get this into this in the Vanity Fair interview, which it might be out the issue might be out already mm-hmm. um, where there was, like it was a very intentional decision to kind of like break away from that like Kardashian media fr- media frenzy even though yeah. the docu series is still airing on e um, I am Kate I think it's sometime later next month but mm-hmm. that was great. Um, and so obviously we don't need to talk really anything more about like how the picture she, she just looks great, which is not surprising because, right. um, she's wealthy and has access to, uh, you know, the means to kind of engender right. and, cis and media beauty standards. And, the, right.
1: and we know the media like always touches photos, like no right. matter who it is. Like, oh yeah. We've definitely. seen like Justin Bieber's like bulge right. enhanced, you know, the, there's no stopping like right. retouching. No exactly.
0: Matter. But of course, when something like this happens, people just refuse to act right. And so there was like a whole bunch of instances of people saying things like, well, her mama named her Bruce, so I'm going to call her Bruce or whatever. And doing being really ignorant, uh, like purposefully ignorant or willfully ignorant about pronoun usage and things like that. And so a lot of these things are covered. Um, Janet Mock wrote an essay um, for her website talking about Caitlyn Jenner and Mm
1: -hmm. why,
0: you know, kind of the media frenzy surrounding it, why she's able to like um quote unquote be beautiful like in, in an aesthetic way. Um so I definitely suggest all everybody read that. I don't need to like go through mm-hmm. everything that she talks about. Um but I do hope and there were a lot of people also saying and like this is why I like wrote a Facebook post about it um where like people I guess like on the left being like, "Well, I'm not going to be happy for Caitlyn Jenner because she still is a Republican and like supports people who hate us and mm-hmm. you know, it's ridiculous that she got more Instagram followers than the president. And I'm just like, Whoa, hold on, hold on. There's, like, a few things happening there. Mm-hmm. Like, one, yes, like, it's not
1: surprising at all. I think that she's a Republican, like, wealthy. Yeah, your, um, your gender identity, like, identity doesn't, like, necessarily equate, like... Right. A, you know, a change in your politics exactly or like that.
0: And, like, I almost think that she should stay remain a Republican only because that party needs to get its shit together well, and, and come and, up. And, like, obviously I don't think she should be used as, like a token, but, like, if she can help advance right. the conversation when, forward, then... I mean, in 2012, good,
1: white women did vote for Romney. Right. You know, the majority of white women did go for Romney, So it's not as though, you know, because Caitlyn Jenner is a white woman. Right. Um, although, you know, obviously, um, many cis, uh, individuals may object mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is she's a white woman. Right. And that ma- the majority of white women in 2012 voted Republican exactly. in the general election.
0: So, I just, and... Uh, the last thing I'll say about that is, I think that it's easy to be, you can be, ha- you can, people are complex and can hold, like, two yeah. opinions at the same time, so you can be happy for her while also realizing that, like, yeah. there's still progress that needs to be done. And as far as getting more followers in the president, she's a athlete and media personality, like, that's not surprising at all that yeah. like I don't think
1: there's anything more nefarious there
0: than people care more about
1: public yeah I, and than I feel like
0: politicians like okay. and I feel like
1: the amount of time Barack Obama probably spends thinking about how many Instagram followers he has or something is right prob- I, I imagine is like relatively low on his list of like day-to-day tasks like I'm right. sure there's like someone who works in a social media campaign who's like c- really concerned about it or something right. but not- I don't think the president of the United States loses a minute of sleep over if someone like unfollows him on Instagram or exactly. something. exactly. And so, um, check her out for the uh, ESPY the awards.
0: Yeah. Will be rec- She'll be receiving the Arthur Ashe Courage Award and uh, the IMK docuseries. And, oh, there was another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are, like, people were also criticizing, like, why she could be on the cover of Vanity Fair while others couldn't. Um, check out the hashtag, my uh, Vanity Fair cover, and it shows... Um, people uh transgender people and gender queer people Mm -hmm. reinterpreting and doing their own version of the cover so it's really cool check that that
1: out that's news to me and Uh, i haven't um, seen that tag
0: yeah like just saw on like the huffington post today Hmm. and
1: i think that's it yeah as far as that's uh, concerned yep absolutely uh so we're just going to take a quick break uh fortunately we ended on a positive enough note yes (laughs) i don't feel sick down to my gut and uh we'll be back pretty soon Hey, everyone. Message here from The Switch. First of all, hope you're enjoying your summer, your uh, now bleak existence, now that you know what happened to Don Draper. Uh, (laughs) If you're looking to find out more about life's meaning, you came to the right place. Yes, indeed. This little podcast called The Switch, which is now on iTunes. Yes. So feel free to engage with us on Twitter, Tumblr, SoundCloud. Uh, You can leave a little comment there on the iTunes. um, And out for a Facebook account coming soon. Uh, With that, let's get back to the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Switch. Uh, As always, Wes and Matt here. Uh, Kelsey's back in the um, old reliable uh, producer's chair, making sure that um, we don't screw up too much and that uh, she stays on top of, what game are you playing right now? Dots. Dots. Dots? Okay. So she's she's getting better at dots. Don't, don't you worry in case you were. Um, <laughs> but so now we're going to turn to um, actually something that is kind of a conversation that was inspired by uh, something that happened in the city of Boston earlier this week. Um, so a brief recap. And so the basis for this this uh, conversation is an article that uh, Glenn Greenwald, the, the journalist and attorney, um, wrote for his website The Intercept. Uh, the title is, In Boston, Media Again Trash, a Police Shooting Victim by Uncritically, quote, Reporting, unquote. Police accusations. So uh, I'm just going to start off with a brief summary of the incident. In the Boston area yesterday, July, sorry, June 2nd, the FBI, Boston Police Department shot and killed a 26 year old black Muslim man, Usama Abdullah Rahim, after they stopped him at a bus stop at 7 a.m. in front of a CVS drugstore in order to question him. And so what um, so some background on this is apparently that uh, Mr. Rahim was under surveillance, possibly twenty four hour surveillance. If um, you know these uh, law enforcement sources are in fact um, correct, um, you know there was uh, there were allegations that he was being radicalized by social media, like you know accounts in the style of what ISIS is doing. I guess the, okay, uh, you know that style of um, I guess propagandizing. Um, right. You know there there have been rumors that uh, he was. Um, Planning an assault either on, I mean, there have been different allegations about who he was uh, gonna target, but local mm-hmm. police were um, in one instance or in another allegation, the anti-Islamic blogger Pamela Geller, who recently had the uh, like a draw Muhammad cartoon contest. Oh or something. yeah, I
0: saw right, and I saw her try to defend herself on Fox News. Yeah, I saw a clip. I don't watch Fox News. Yeah,
1: I I, I just try to tune. <laughs> I try <laughs> to, to be tune, clear about like, that. Like there are some things that like I'll tolerate on Fox News, but like when it gets into like them just like blatantly like having right. like hateful people. Like, I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I can't even like pretend that this is news at the moment. Right. But, um, but anyway, back to the story. So the occasion was that, um, after stopping Mr. Rahim, um, officers ordered him, were going to look to question him, uh, and that Mr. Raheem was carrying a weapon. Initial reports said that Raheem was carrying a machete. But as we know at the time, uh, if you don't know what a machete looks like, just rest assured that this man was not carrying a machete. Right. Right. In Machetes right huge. Boston. Like, yeah, it was, you was just like be walking through the street like, yeah. I have my machete out. Yeah, like, it, it, it be, it's a little bit unwieldy, I would say, when you're in a CVS parking lot. Right. Um, not to mention, I feel like if you are an officer of the law and you're carrying a weapon, like, I mean, I understand, like, the the need to protect those around you, civilians, yeah. but I feel like still, you know, there are far worse dangers out there, you know, people carrying illegal firearms or something... Right. ...than someone with an, a military-style knife. But that's neither here nor there. No. Um, because, um, so unfortunately, and this is going back to Mr. Uh, Grimwald's article, literally within hours of the killing, both the Boston and national media had uncritically published pub- uh, multiple wholly uncorroborated accusations about Raheem, based solely on the claims of the law enforcement agencies that had just killed him. And so, I just wanted to open this up into a broader conversation because I think this touches on a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, the things that we've seen, especially, um... Especially in the wake of all the, the the incidents with law enforcement shooting and killing um, right young people of color um, or not even necessarily young, obviously in the case of Eric Gardner, mm-hmm. um, but um, you know we see again and again that the the people who are allowed to set the tone for the story are either the law enforcement agents right. in question or the media that kind of you know work them as sources. Right, this kind of uh, privileged access to you know what law enforcement is saying comes at the cost of. you know perhaps not being able to critically report on it Mm -hmm. um and so you know just a rundown again um and one most recent example was with freddie gray the allegations that he was you know carrying a switchblade when he was arrested Mm -hmm. you know that was why he was running he was carrying an illegal switchblade um obviously as it turns out there was no switchblade on his person and in addition to the other charges officers are facing now in baltimore um they will be facing charges for false imprisonment because they arrested for someone for carrying a weapon that it was completely legal to carry mm-hmm. uh, you know no different than the pocket knife that I used when I was in Boy Scouts or that probably countless number of people have stashed on their desks right um, uh, we had with Walter Scott Michael Slater's initial police report stated that um, that he felt threatened that Mr. Scott attempted to take his taser or in fact was mm-hmm. successful in taking his taser away and that's why he had to use lethal force right as we know uh, thanks to the video that a, mm-hmm. that a witness um, then shared uh the taser only ended up ended up on Mister Scott's person after he had been shot, and at least wounded, if not killed outright, right. uh, and was then placed there by a police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, another recent example, and I don't want to go into too many of them, is the case of Miriam Carey, the dental hygienist from Connecticut, who was shot and killed at a White House checkpoint after oh, inadvertently right. driving through a White right. House checkpoint. Uh, and that was a different case because that was not just uh, the Capitol Police, but also Secret Service, mm-hmm. um, and there's still a bunch of questions abounding about that. Um, but it's just, I would I've just been like trying to think about like why is it that you know the media um, you know sets a tone that mm-hmm. like it's okay you know it's okay for certain people to set the story who gets to set right. this agenda for uh, covering you know uh, deaths at the hand of law enforcement right I think it's like a
0: multi part answer so I think one of the reasons why the media is so quick to just like take the word of law enforcement officials um, kind of uncritically is that. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they make money is by pulling viewers in mm-hmm. um, and having them watch. And obviously the advertising dollars for the, that come from that. So like if the news organization is able to like break the story first or whatever, yeah. um, that draws people in. And then that's kind of the source that people rely on because they're like, Oh, I think people think that, Oh, if they had it first, then there must be something about them as a news organization that is more trustworthy or something. And right. so people kind of just like take that uncritically and, and, um, kind of just run along with it. And then uh, the second part of the answer is that, like, people are... I know the media is, like, establishment is referred to as, like, the fourth of state. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's usually interpreted as, like, it's the one that checks government. But also, like, if you think of it as the fourth of state or the fourth arm of government or whatever, you also have to realize that it's, like, complicit in a system of, like, abuses of things that happen. And, you know, Mm -hmm. people often say or, like... It's clear that, like, police and prosecutor, prosecutors always work together, and so, like, yeah. people get very suspicious when uh, when you have these different kind of cases, um, if the prosecutors are really doing... being as effective at their jobs as they could be because of their, you know, relationship with the police. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I think that's the same thing when you add the media component. Like, if your sources are all people... In the police or prosecutors mm-hmm. like you're not going to be critical of them because like your bread and butter is having you know a source in these places right. so i guess it's probably like why or yeah. in broad terms you know not even injecting race and class and other yeah. things into it like why this happens
1: yeah and i, and I mean i think also and because i can i understand why in a, mm-hmm. in a state with you know such a long history and continued existence of racism mm-hmm. why why this Comes up, but you think from a legal perspective, you know, in terms of getting like an untainted jury pool, right. these ideas of, you know, you know, smearing victims, especially, you know, victims who are no longer alive to defend themselves in mm-hmm. a court of law, you know, you'd think that'd be unpalatable from a prosecutor standpoint yeah. like, in terms of not being able to get an impartial jury. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was, I mean, we just recently wrapped up the Sarnaev case up here in, right. you know, in Boston, and like the idea that people in the New England area wouldn't know what happened at, you know, the 2013 uh, mm-hmm. marathon. You know, I, it would be baffling. Like you, right. you would ha- have reasonable to get some people. Like, mm-hmm. like there's not so. I feel as though it'd be so hard for, in the 21st century to be so shut in that you had no idea that this happened, or right. that you couldn't be. In, and, and and maybe it's just a matter of you know doing the best you can to get an untainted jury pool and right. balancing out prejudice. But
0: yeah, which then also I guess with you just saying that, like, and how it seems like it would be impossible to get someone who's impartial, then it makes me wonder if like impartial impartiality that's not the word being impartial is not the goal for a juror mm-hmm. but like getting someone who's more likely to believe your series of events and mm-hmm. so like prosecutors look for certain sympathies and then defenders look for certain sympathies and then right you know whatever wheeling and dealing and whatever happens to get order to get a jury that i think it's like yeah like you said like balancing biases more than like right. getting completely
1: unbiased uh, right. jury pool and one i jurors. think going back to the Sarnaev case um because i mean you couldn't be on that jury if you were mm-hmm. opposed to the death penalty like you had to be right. open to the idea of using the death penalty as a as a punishment for um mm-hmm. you know a guilty uh for being for sarnayev being found guilty yeah um you know which again which i think is like a very obvious indication that you know, certain prejudices are allowed, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a matter of balancing them out, I suppose, as, right. um, you know, between the prosecutor and the defense team, mm-hmm. you know, trying to find the... the uh, trying to not tip the scales of justice so much in one direction right. while also acknowledging that, you know, this these are the scales of justice. There's, this, right. there's you know, the, um, this idea of, I guess, blind justice or something, is, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's you know... It's an ideal. It's It sounds right. good when we talk about, like, why we have a legal system, but... It's you know, not the reality. A, yeah, and, and could it be a reality, you know, any time in the future without, like, substantial changes? It's kind of... Mm-hmm. A lot of these events make hard to... Um, to uh, You know, makes it hard to believe that, especially right. when so many... Again, time and time again, these uh, it's always victims who were are deemed a threat to mm-hmm. state power, whether it's police or, you know, the federal government that mm-hmm. are... Um, you know, kind of smeared. It's never, um, right. you know, it's never the other way around. It's never, uh, you You know, we don't see, I guess, um, you know, people put on trial in the other domain or it's so seldom that it's, you know, it seems exceptional.
0: Right. And it's very interesting um, as I was reading this article and like thinking about kind of the arguments that uh, Glenn Greenwald was make, Greenwald was making, mm-hmm. was that it seems like in so many other instances, the media at least tries to put on a face of there are two sides to the story, mm-hmm. um, and like at least presenting both case, and you know print media does that by you know mm-hmm. having different paragraphs, one with one view and one with another, um, and it's interesting that this seems like this is the one realm where like that kind of fair and balanced, uh, uh, I guess methodology yeah. or kind of way of going about things doesn't doesn't seem to apply, and it's very odd that yeah. Um, you know, like media watchdogs, organizations don't really like point this out more, I guess, or mm. or maybe they do, and I just don't read enough of that kind of stuff. But
1: I feel like it's it's something that like you hear about here and there, but mm-hmm. it's mostly like, people who are passionate about the issue who bring it up. It's never right. Uh, you know, I don't expect like George Stephanopoulos to like you know also like break in with like an important thing about how this. It's you know it's important for you know reporters to you know depict both sides of the right. story on these occasions. Like I don't expect. You know, that to happen tonight or for, you mm-hmm. know, 60 minutes to, you know, have a special on this at, at you know, any time in the near future. Right. Um, and I think so much of it comes down to the power imbalance because you mm-hmm. have, you know, law enforcement agencies with other police or federal, you know, have people dedicated to PR and spinning things and right. working journalists. Whereas, like, how do you have that counterweight? Like, if you're an individual, That's especially, true. let's say you're an individual with let's say you do have felonies on your records, like who's going to stick up for you? Like you probably, if you have felonies on your records, you probably don't really know like your local congressperson or Mm -hmm. council person that well, if you know, you're in and out of incarceration or something, right? You know, if you're at all, you know, in any sort of disadvantaged population, like you have less access to, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the glitzy PR that can counter the, you know, the, the people who can uh, get to journalists first. All
0: right. And I guess it does seem like a little bit, or I can understand why the media then doesn't play that role of, um, being like the PR, I guess, for the victim because people get really weird about when media inserts or when a media figure mm-hmm. like inserts their own opinion or anything resembling an opinion yeah. to, um, you know, this story that's being reported. Um, so it's, it's, it's hard, I guess. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. And I guess the my takeaway from it was like, I, you know, I guess there's like this idea of like adversarial media and right. maybe a lot of that is in response to just how buddy buddy so much of the media ends up being with power mm-hmm. And it's, like, not even, like, I feel like we need to ask for adversarial media. Like, it's a good counterweight to the current system, but it's just, like, just, like, some, like, critical thought and, like, you know, understanding, like, power imbalances and stuff would, like, just add so much to, like, a program. And I think you see that with, you know, the programs HBO is able to put on. Like, they Mm -hmm. have, like, a better dynamic of, understanding power imbalances. Um, You know, occasionally, like, new media companies, I think, as well, just because they've... Slightly less access to those old, uh, you know, the institutions of power. They're not in like the White House press pool or something right. anyway. Um, so they have less to lose. Um, but it's just like shameful. i think to, um, you know have such such a venerated institution and yet need to rely on like sort of like quote unquote outsiders to right. to have something remotely uh, to have something remotely to counterbalance against that. But uh, exactly, gotta stop sipping the yeah. Kool Aid, you guys. Yeah. Well, Kool Aid is delicious though. It is. And with that, we're going to... If Koolid wants to sponsor us. But anyway, (laughs) with that, I think... Always going in for it. (laughs) With that, uh, as Wes, I think, was about to say before, I so rudely interrupted. Let's take our last break. Uh, Like Kelsey, stop playing Dots. And we'll come back to you soon.
0: So, welcome back to The Switch. We're going to wrap up the show here because I have to be at work in 15
1: minutes. (laughs) It's hard out here.
0: It is. Um, But I don't know about you guys listening, but I know for me, I'm having a hard time finding things to watch on television because everything is out of season. But actually, I have been watching a few things. Well, first I was going to say I've been watching, I watched the Bad Blood video, finally. Um, Music video, which came out, you know, two or three weeks ago now, and like... As I think I said last episode, it was just like too many people in it, and the video was kind of stupid, and (laughs) I don't even really like the remix of the song, because she just sings the chorus and like Mm -hmm. the hook now, and Kendrick's verses are great, because they are, but anyway.
1: Yeah, it's almost a given at this point.
0: Exactly, and I guess I've been watching more reality TV now. Obviously, I've watched Keeping Up With The Kardashians religiously, Mm -hmm. I've been watching Braxton Family Values, Um, and... But I do want to like get into some shows that I missed during the season, so I'll probably mm. watch like Agent uh, Agent Carter, oh, which like is the like Marvel. the Marvel thing.
1: Yeah. yeah, I haven't checked that. But checked that out. I did see there was um, I think it was I can't remember if it was that or for Agents of Shield, but there was like a diversify like a hashtag oh. like diverse. It might have been like div- mm-hmm. hashtag diversify Agent Carter, which is, uh, okay. is that the one that's, that's like set right. in the 1950s. Yeah, yeah, I think it was talking about you know. It sounds like the their portrayal of like the. What's probably like the Pentagon or something. Something, something oh, sort of like the okay. Pentagon. Is it's just, just very monochromatic, I guess, gotcha. is the, uh, the politest way to say it.
0: Well, the good thing about fiction is, is you can mm-hmm. be set in certain years, but... Good job, Kelsey. Sorry. Could you hear Childish that? Or did shame. I just sound like I just yelled at you for no reason? I don't know. I heard it. That I mean... Weird. Um, it's recording. So whatever. It doesn't matter. This is the segment that... It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter.
1: I, I, I have been thinking more about it because I just recently... I guess... Maybe it was like shortly after we recorded last time, but I finally watched Fruitvale Station.
0: Uh, oh, because exactly that, about that, it.
1: that got, went on Netflix, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, I thought you know, obviously a heartbreaking story. Yeah, and did it, like it's so emotionally poignant the movie. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Michael B. Jordan it has been so phenomenal in everything yeah. I've seen him in, from The Wire to Friday Night Lights to obviously Fruitvale Station, and because I know he has a, a role in the upcoming Fantastic Four, which yeah, I mean if one thing the expectations are so low with Fantastic Four right. i feel like after uh it'll d- be, their last attempt yeah i'm that. sure it'll be better than that i yeah. feel like just the like the talent of the actors is that much
0: higher and it seems like there's a bigger budget yeah um for it so that's good i well now that you said that i'm embarrassed to say the last movie i watched but i watched 50 shades of gray the other day is that
1: on netflix it, you...
0: it was no i i paid money to watch it Ooh, i rented okay. it on Amazon. i'm sorry, i'm sorry for making
1: you say that and having it be recorded
0: that's okay. I mean, it saves <laughs> no me from I having to. to read the books. That's true. But um, you know, it was it was fine in like a trashy sort of like this isn't good way.
1: You can still read
0: them. I mean, I can still read. I'm not going to though. It's like I don't need to. You I'm can- sure the book is just more of the Kelsey. Same. We have a podcast now. Yeah, we don't have it's... the time to waste on bad books. <laughs> Come on. I don't know how to read. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so what? I watched that. Um, it was real basic. And, like, I am not personally into BDSM, but I know some of the critics of it were, like, saying, this isn't real BDSM, like, it's really distorted,
1: so, you know, that's for minds other than my own (laughs) to think about. Yes, as as for me, I'm sure at some point I'll I'll wind up watching it. I feel like HBO probably has it now or something. And I'll probably like mindlessly tune into it. At yeah, point. and I really li- I didn't like that earned it song at first by the weekend, oh. but now I like really like it. He when I was at Roots Picnic, he performed it, and everyone yeah. was like all of like the middle age I don't know why there were so many middle aged people at Roots Picnic, <laughs> but they were all like really hyped for it. Yeah. Although I mean, weekend set was like everyone was you know crazy for it. Ble- I believe the, it. You know, like the all R and B thing is like so huge now. Um, although Frank Ocean's album still needs to drop I'm waiting for it I so be- many albums I'm waiting for Channel Orange still like it still feels like a gut punch it's it's like it's a, it's almost it almost bothers me how beautiful that album is three years out like I'm still yeah. like this holds up maybe like I think I enjoy it even better now three years later oh yeah definitely but um I appreciate it more but uh so anyway after we urge Frank Ocean to, to drop his next album as quickly as possible for him uh, I think that's about the note we want to leave the show on. Yeah. Obviously, uh, Wes has to get to work. Uh, but in the meantime, you can check out all of our show's accounts. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Tumblr, Twitter. Uh, there's going to be a Facebook wrapping up soon, and that'll be going public. Real soon. Real soon. Uh, but uh, until then, uh, until episode 13, uh, if luck doesn't, bad luck doesn't befall us, uh, I'm Matt. Not. I'm Wes. Kels is over there. Clicking a button. And this is The Switch. Bye. <laughs>